Welcome to The Perfect Storm, a bi-weekly podcast for business executives and cybersecurity professionals. Industry veterans Michael Markulek and Matthew Webster chat with guests about the latest cyber news, threats, and trends, and how all of it impacts their businesses. Harbor Technology Group is a cybersecurity consulting firm that offers advisory services to the SMB. Harbor believes by taking a proactive rather than reactive approach to cybersecurity, business leaders can develop a cybersecurity program that will address external requirements, exceed client expectations, and ultimately take their organization to the next level. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of Harbor Technology Group's The Perfect Storm. Um, today, I'm super excited to have Luke Wiegren on the line with me. He's uh, one of the co-founders of Pensive Security, a partner of Harbor Technology Group, um, our go-to folks for pen testing. Um, I, I, Luke, I'm super stoked to have you on because, as as I told you leading up to the podcast, we've we've had so many people asking us about pen testing. Oh my God, I got to get a pen test, compliance, clients, blah, 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 blah. I just want to be secure. Let me have a pen test. Um, so I felt like it's time for everyone to understand what a pen test really is and what it's not, but what it really is and what it amounts to and the importance of them, et cetera. So Luke, thanks a ton for spending the time. I will tell everybody out there in listening land, I didn't ask if this was okay. So I hope it is. You're a new father, uh, first time father, so congratulations on that. Um, so I, you know, not only taking time away from your business, but also your your new uh, newly expanded family. Um, so welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Matt. And um, absolutely, so excited about a little daughter. Um, but there's uh, little pockets of time where I can can get away to, to do something <laughs> like this. So thanks for having perfect. me on. That's perfect. So tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and Pensive. Absolutely. So uh, like you said, my name is Luke Wegren. I'm the co-founder of Pensive Security. Pensive Security started back in 2017. Um, and we provide cybersecurity consulting services to mostly small and medium-sized businesses. Um, our company's main service is penetration testing, and we, we usually focus on web, web and mobile applications, uh, networks, you know, both external and internal, um, and cloud infrastructures. So those are kind of our, our uh, main services. And then, of course, we have some peripheral services around those uh, to kind of support the pen testing effort um, and, and offer um, supplementary services to improve company security. Cool. Awesome. So 2017, you started it with your wife, right? That's correct. Yeah. So uh, my wife, Bree and I um, started back in 2017 uh, and we kind of had this idea. Um, I was a, a penetration tester at Cisco Systems, uh, mostly working on testing um, internal products and acquisitions. Um, and Bree was working at IBM uh, as a software developer. And we had this idea to kind of combine our skills and our expertise and create a security company where we kind of have the, the penetration testing security side and then also the development side and, and working at large companies, kind of understanding the, the sort of large process that it takes to implement security across an organization. Um, and into a lot of different products. Um, we kind of took that background and, and put that into 
uh, pensive security. Um, and it's just been growing since. That's great. That's great. So are you guys, do you guys focus on larger enterprise, small companies, all of the above? All the above. Most of our customers are, are small to medium-sized businesses. Right. Um, we work with a lot of tech startups. Um, so yeah, mostly in, in that category, although we have some, we do have some larger clients as well. So you leave, you and your wife leave two of the biggest tech firms there are and form a company to hopefully be the third largest tech firm eventually, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So anyhow, so let, let's 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 jump into the pen, uh, the penetration testing. Let's let's start with a definition. What what is what is a pen test as as we say in vernacular terms or a penet penetration test? Yeah, so that's a great question because it's defined by different people in different ways. Um, the way that the way that we define it um, is, is is possibly different than others, but I think what really what really defines a pen test is a simulated attack um, against an environment um, and, and an assessment where uh, we're able to come in, we uh, put on the hat of an attacker, and we try to get into a system and then perform some goal. So usually a penetration test is goal oriented um, rather than something more broad, like uh, maybe a vulnerability assessment um, or a vulnerability scan. So uh, the, the goal of the penetration test is to, to achieve that objective. And that objective is usually achieved by exploiting vulnerabilities um, along the way and, and potentially chaining those together um, into an attack that, that lets us achieve the goal. Um, so that's kind of the, the high level view. Um, but of course, the you know while while doing that process is important, um, also explaining to the customer um, in a in a clear way what we found and and how we were able to um, move through their environment or identify vulnerabilities in their application. That you know the the reporting and the explanation of of how the test was conducted and what we were able to find is is super important um, because that's really the result of the penetration test is that right. report right. Um, and those details. Yeah, and 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 I don't, I don't mean to to make this like uh, penetration testing one hundred and one, but a little bit of it is important, I think. And you you brought up a couple of good points just into your description of what a pen test is. Um, first off, there's a there is a massive difference between a vulnerability scan, vulnerability assessment, and and a penetration scan test assessment, whatever it might be. Um, those two are different things, but they live together. So oftentimes you'll you'll run vulnerability scans using you know off the shelf stuff or some freeware to find vulnerabilities of a system that you can exploit, right? So vulnerability scan tells you where the holes are or potential holes are, and then a pen test would try to exploit those holes in the most simplistic terms, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a good way to put it. Um, another way that I like to kind of categorize it is with a vulnerability scan. Um, that's usually a matter of, you know, providing some information to a tool and clicking a button um, and having a, right. an automated tool accomplish the task. Whereas penetration testing is a lot of manual testing. It's, it's sure. taking experience um, of the tester and, and applying that. So um, like you said, as a part of our penetration testing, we typically run a vulnerability scan um, in the background at the beginning of the test. Um, and, and that does two things. One, it, it gets some coverage um, and, and identifies low-hanging fruit, um, but it also is a great way to demonstrate the difference between what the what the you know off-the-shelf tool finds versus what we're able to identify during the test. So, right. um, you know, when a customer sees the the vulnerability scan versus what we deliver in the report, 
um, it can be can be really eye opening to see, um, you know, oh, okay, even if we run these these automated tools, um, we could still be missing a lot, uh, which is, you know, can be important. Yeah, and I, I think that's certainly an important thing to point out. Just because you've run vulnerability scans and corrected all your vulnerabilities doesn't mean that you couldn't fall victim to uh, some type of hacker or some type of pen test if you're, if you're doing the testing preemptively. Um, so uh, you so we've covered off the difference between a pen test and a vulnerability scan, or at least at the, on the surface. Um, you also brought up. Uh, you use the term, you know, we put on the hat of a hacker. We, in in the industry, there's different types of hats that you can wear as a pen tester. Can you describe that real quickly? I, mean, I, I just want to make sure we lay yeah. out the groundwork correctly for everyone. Absolutely. So, you know, when I, when I was trying to define pen testing earlier, I mentioned, you know, simulated attack. And, and that kind of comes back to what we might call um, a white hat attacker. So you're not actually trying to um, steal a company's data and then use it for nefarious purposes, right? Um, when you're an ethical hacker, you're looking to, you know, white, white, quote unquote, white hat hacker, uh, you're looking for vulnerabilities uh, in a system that you can then report to improve that company's security and help prevent that organization from falling victim to somebody that does have, um, you know, bad intentions. Uh, with whatever they find, right? So that's kind of the 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 white hat. There's also black hat hacking, which is the other side, right? So that's that's where um, somebody is doing, you know, has malicious intent and is looking to, you know, use that data um, to do something bad uh, and or you know or get into an organization and use it to, um, you know, impersonate somebody or take down a service or something like that against the the wishes of the organization. Uh, so that's kind of the other side of it. And then there's there's an in between which is the gray hat and that's you know I'm I'm sure you can connect the dots there that's going to be uh, you know kind of <laughs> unclear intentions uh, with with what the the attacker is doing right sometimes that gray hat can turn into you know we were able to you get an email or the IT group gets an email from some person in the outside world saying we were able to you know do X Y and Z in your system. They're not necessarily holding you for ransom, but they're they're it's uh, oh, what do they call it? Help me the uh, the term for um, they're not they're it's uh, they're looking for some type of bounty for finding a, a problem with your system that gets into the more gray hat area where you didn't you didn't invite them in to test it, they didn't I, steal stuff, so it's more, a little bit more gray. It's in between like the nefarious side of black hat and white hat, which is somebody like you all. Right. Exactly. They're leaving the they're leaving the door open. They're not overtly threatening you with what they right. what they found, but they're right. they're kind of giving you the feeling that if you don't, you know, give them some kind of reward, it, it might go bad for you. So yeah, that's, it's, that's, right. It's a, that's right. That's right. It's like getting shook down a little bit, like using mafia terms. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so okay. So we we understand like the 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 basics of the definition of a pen test. So now I'm an organization that I've been told I need a pen test. Let's say I'm a, a technology company that um, has some relatively sensitive data. Uh, maybe it's regulated data. Um, and I'm building an app um, that's going to access that data. What type of pen test am I looking for? How do I know what to ask for? That's a really great question. And, and it comes down to a number of, of different 
um, components. And, and that has to do with one, what are your compliance requirements? Are you having a pen test done because somebody told you you had to uh, because you're in finance or you deal with health data? Um, you know, is there, is there a driver from the compliance side? And if so, that's going to shape a lot of, of how you want to structure your pen test to meet those compliance requirements. Um, on the other hand, you, you know, you might just want to improve the security of your organization. And in that case, you have a lot of freedom um, to, you know, set up the penetration test the way that you want um, and, and focus on whatever area you're either most worried about or, or you know, decide is, is most important to approach first. So, um, you know, those are some kind of main drivers, you know, on, on how um, a penetration test will be structured in terms of, of the different types. So um, I, I mentioned this briefly in the beginning, but the type of pen test that will be performed uh, is, is heavily driven by, uh, you know, what type of company you are and, and what your product offering is. So if you provide a web application and a mobile application to your customers, then of course, web application and mobile application testing will be relevant. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a company that uh, doesn't offer a technology product, but you have a, a network infrastructure that your company runs on, then a network pen test um, is going to be, be relevant to make sure that somebody can't get in and, and see um, your, your company's data, uh, even though you don't have a product that you're, you're offering. And then, of course, now is, is people are using cloud, um, cloud offerings more often like AWS and Google Cloud and Azure. Um, you know, all of a sudden, all your resources are in the cloud, and there, there are while those cloud providers do offer a lot of security built in, um, there are ways that you can configure it incorrectly and, and open yourself up to attack. Uh, and so that's when a cloud penetration test would be relevant. Right. So there's there's app and web pen tests. So pen mm -hmm. testing, a, you know, a fintech app or a financial services app, or some website that's holding healthcare data. Um, there's a network-based pen test, which can be on the inside or the outside, like trying to break in from the internet or also seeing exactly. what, what you can, what you can penetrate within an environment, within the, the four walls of your, of your network. So if you're trying to carve out an enclave for, um, you know, like CMMC data or government data or PHI or something like that, determine whether you can see from one side of the network to the other. Um, or get into servers that that you wouldn't want uh, just anyone to be able to get into. Uh, so that's a network-based pen test, and then also a cloud pen test. What do you do? What do you do the most of? What's the most common? Application testing is really popular with uh, startups and and companies. You know, obviously that are that are offering um, a, a solution, a product. Uh, the you know the application testing is really popular there because a lot of times. Those organizations are set up in the cloud, uh, and they have a they have a small cloud footprint, so they don't have too much to worry about in terms of their infrastructure. Really, what they're worried about is I have all this user data. Um, people are are signing up for my service, uh, and and I need to make sure that that, that data is protected and and that our service can't be compromised. So, application testing is really popular. Um, the the network testing is is popular as well, just because it so many. Uh, organizations have a, an on-prem infrastructure, although that is changing um, with newer companies, you know, a lot of times setting up in the cloud. So I, I think, you know, the, the way that it, it usually pans out is with, with newer companies, um, you know, it's, it's more on the application and cloud side. Uh, with older companies, it, it tends to be on-prem more or, or potentially with organizations that, that have data that they're, you know, for compliance reasons, can't put in the cloud. Um, right. 
right. as well. So there's there's that too. Um, but cloud, you know, cloud is is definitely uh, becoming more and more prevalent, and and more and more organizations we work with are are set up in the cloud. Right. So, um, and when you say application, uh, you mean both web and mobile, right? So that's right. Yeah. yeah. And, and one thing I should say too, is we do, we do hybrid tests as well. So, you know, it's not always as cut and dry as, you know, there's a separate web portal, there's a separate mobile app. I mean, a lot of times, um, you know, a web app and a mobile app will share a backend API, um, or, uh, you know, backend cloud services or, or something like that. So, um, there are also kind of hybrid tests as well, um, where we're, you know, it's not, not as clear, but, um, but usually it's some combination of, of sort of those four, those four types of testing. Right. Right. And then on, on the, on the cloud side, and this is actually for my edification as much as our listeners, the, uh, so we talk about network testing, um, internal and external, uh, you know, trying to get in from the outside and trying to see what you can get at from the inside. Uh, is the concept the same in the cloud? It is right. Because it's just, it's just cloudified infrastructure, right? Yeah. Let's see how confusing I can make this. Yes and no. So it's, uh, it is and it isn't because you can sort of replicate your on-prem environment in the cloud. You can set up a bunch of, you know, virtual machines. You can tie them all together in a, a cloud network um, and set up a, a you know, firewall in front of it, appliance, you can do and all it, that. You could, you and, it, and it looks just, it looks like a traditional network. It's just hosted in right. Azure or AWS or something. Exactly. And actually Azure is really good at that, right? They, they've done a great job sure. of taking an enterprise network um, that it was already set up, you know, with, um, with windows, Microsoft technologies, and then moving that into the cloud sort of seamlessly or, or even in a hybrid fashion. Um, but on the other hand, there's also so many new technologies in the cloud that, you know, the cloud really uh, can offer these cloud services um, can offer that, that you wouldn't really ever replicate on an on-prem environment, right. right? So there's things right. like serverless, um, serverless environments where the cloud providers handling everything up until your application layer, um, right. and you're not responsible for any of that. So there's, there's all these different layers um, of cloud services and, and how you set up your infrastructure, whether it's more kind of traditional, just move to the cloud or kind of harnessing all these new uh, ways of doing things um, really just depends on your needs. And, and that's one thing that we've really enjoyed and, and it's fun about penetration testing is, is getting to see all these different technologies and seeing all the different ways that the companies structure their, their infrastructure and, and their applications. Well, it, there's a funny joke there because maybe you shouldn't be seeing their infrastructures because they're not doing a good, very good job of keeping you out of it. Right? Um, so, uh, well, that's cool. So what we know so far about penetration testing, just to, 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 to rehash what we've talked about, we know the, the, um, the fundamentals of what a pen test is, uh, what the type of testers are that we, we call the legitimate testers, white hat testers. And what types of environments are being test, tested? Basically, um, all the environments that kind of exist in organizations today. You don't do, I mean, the, the environments that you've kind of taken off the, the table, and I don't know if you do it or not, or if it's even a thing, is like uh, IoT environments. And I would imagine that's a little bit more complicated when there's so many microservices and stuff like that. It's just not the same beast, right? 
Yeah, and, and there there are some areas that we don't do a lot of testing because they just aren't as, as popular. There's not as much of a, de, a, a demand for them, but right. um, some areas that pop into my head, yep, IoT is a great one. Uh, crypto is a popular environment for penetration testing, uh, you know, auditing smart contracts and, right. you know, trying to steal crypto assets. That's a, a big area. Um, so, you know, things like that. Another one would be physical. We don't do physical pen testing, um, which is, you know, there, there are um, companies that will come to your, yeah, your building like, like, and try and like break try, in. Yeah, like try to you know talk to the security guard and convince them that you that he should let you in, or sweet talking the receptionist, or something like that, right? Or dropping a, exactly. a USB USB key in the uh, parking lot, see if you can get in that way. Um, Absolutely, that's kind of old are, old school all, yeah. old school things, right? Absolutely. You know, it's funny though, that a lot of times that stuff works. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's old school, but, um, you know, people have success with it. And, um, you know, we, we also do, for instance, one of our kind of supporting services I mentioned earlier around penetration testing is, you know, the social engineering aspect of it and whether or not that's scoped into a pen test. Um, so are we allowed to contact your employees and, and try and fish them or, you know, call them up and, and ask for their password and see if they'll give it to us. Um, you know, a lot of times that's, that's an easy way into a system. Um, and you know, that we'll, we'll scope that in sometimes, but yeah, the, the, um, you know, the actual physical side of it, we're, we're not, right. we're not involved in, um, right. but that's, that's important too. It's just that, you know, from our perspective, um, for most people, the risk is, is from, um, you know, the, the wide world of, of anonymous internet users rather than, you know, maybe the more local users, um, local people that might drive by your building and, and try right. and break in. So it's, right. it's all important. It's all part of the, all part of the big picture. It's just not all part of the big do. picture. That's exactly it. So speaking of the big picture, so what, I mean, what, what ultimately happens at the end of a pen test? So you've done, let's say you've done a, an application pen test. You've looked at your, your mobile apps and your web apps. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have done your magic. What, what happens now? Yeah. So typically, especially if it's the first, you know, time or two that we've worked with an organization, we, we typically have a lot of high and critical um, findings. And, and that's just kind of the nature of the beast is, is when the, the rubber hits the road and you have this first assessment done. A lot of times there are some important issues to address. And so we provide a report. It gives you, you know, all the information you need to remediate those issues uh, as well, well, to understand and remediate those issues. Um, and the goal is, is not just to have those issues uh, spot remediated, um, although that is important kind of in the short term. But, you know, another goal of, of the report is to give organizations information to improve the, the processes, um, both, you know, people processes and automated uh, pipelines um, that they have in place for development and, um, and testing and, and all of that. The goal is to, to help the organization improve um, all of that and, and give a driver uh, to improve all that. So sometimes an organization needs the motivation to say, hey, somehow these vulnerabilities got into our production environment in the first place. How can we change the way we do things um, so that this doesn't happen again? And then that gets into, you know, a different, a whole different kind of can of worms in terms of, of security. Um, but our goal is to provide the information they need to, to get going in that direction. Um, as, as a longer term solution, uh, as, as well as to inform on, on the short term issues they need to resolve. I, I, I mean, it, you, you hit the nail on the head there that we talk a lot about with our clients, um, because they'll, they'll contact us. These are new clients would be like, well, we need, uh, you know, an assessment. Um, we need to prepare for HIPAA. 
or CMMC or something like that, and we need a pen test. We're like, well, have you, what have you been doing to run up to being prepared for a pen test? Well, not much. We just want to do it. So <laughs> I, I often say, well, wait a minute, let's, let's, let's get there. But this is, pen test doesn't leave, lead the charge. It's really the, the validation that the security controls that you've put in place are effective, whether those controls are solid development pro, uh, processes in the web app and mobile app world or uh, IT and network security processes that you have in place for, you know, just securing your network. Um, because what we don't want to do, and you, you kind of alluded to this, is the pen test to be like the, you know, uh, bypass surgery if you have heart problems, right? You could go in and theoretically have, well, I, I, all the doctors out there are going to laugh at this and maybe it sounds stupid, but you could have, continue to have heart attacks and have bypass surgeries, um, but you're not really fixing the fundamental problem, which is you need to change your diet, you need to exercise, whatever it might be. The same is true in, in, uh, in network security and app security, et cetera. You need to really be doing the healthy things for your environment. And the pen test is the way to A, validate that you are, and B, really hone in on areas that may be blind spots for you that you can improve on for the next time. Because security is a moving, moving uh, uh, you know, a target, we, we want to, you know, rinse and repeat that, that security model of, you know, running up, having the right processes, the, the right sanity checks, the right uh, uh, policies in place, get to the point of a pen test, validate that, that the uh, processes that you have in place are doing the right things that your folks are developing in a, in a, in a secure way. If they're not, the pen test will highlight a few of those areas. Take corrective actions to A, fix the problems that were highlighted, and B, fix the underlying problem, you know, eating healthier kind of thing uh, going Absolutely. forward, right? And I'd say too, I mean, another, another clarification um, with penetration testing is that the goal of a penetration test is not to identify every security issue within a system, sure. right? So, so that's, that's, you know, important to understand is that uh, when you get the pen test report, it's, it's not going to necessarily have every vulnerability um, in your system in the report. Uh, and it's, the report doesn't say if, if you fix these issues, then you're, you have, you've reached the 100% totally secure, uh, you know, level of, that's not what the goal is. Um, and so, you know, once you understand that it, it helps to, to realize that the, the pen test, the way that we approach it is um, we look at an application, we map it. So let's, let's say it's an application test. We look at an application, we map it we determine what areas are the highest risk. If I'm an attacker, what areas am I gonna go after first? Where, where is the, the area that I'm gonna put in the least effort and get the most reward? And we target those you know, high risk areas first um, and, and then move our way down the list uh, as those attack vectors are exhausted. And so you know, by the end of the test, um, we may not have worked through every single you know, possible attack, yeah. every scenario, yeah. you know, our, our goal is to to achieve the objective of the test, and and um, and that may or may not involve you know finding a certain vulnerability, and so I think that's a important thing to to kind of um, mention because you know there is there are other types of security assessments like a, a vulnerability assessment, which is more hey let's take a step back and let's just look for as many vulnerabilities as we can and worry less about exploiting them to get deep into a system. And, let's you let's know, fix and, them. Let's fix those vulnerabilities. Let's address those vulnerabilities first. Right. So kind of a yeah. breadth versus depth, which, you know, That's the pen right. testing is, is important to say, 
you know, wow, okay, we have a lot of issues that will allow an attacker to totally get into, you know, move from a web application into our internal cloud infrastructure. That's, you know, we need to do, we need to do something about that um, versus, right. you know, here this, and, and not to say, I mean, if we come across an issue during the test, um, even if it doesn't get us deeper into the system, of course we write it up. And if we do achieve the goal that we set out in the penetration test and we have more time scoped into the project, we're going to back out and see if we can find, you yeah. know, the second way that's, that's in, right. but but it's just you know it's a difference in it, it's a difference in in intent and goal um, of the assessment. So that's well, why that's, that's why these different types of assessments exist. Exactly, and 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 your experience and expertise comes into play here too, and and your knowledge on the market and what's happening out there with the the black hats of the world, you know the techniques that they're using, uh, the common trends, um, the automation that's in place to to try to exploit. Uh, uh, environments or, or apps, um, all of these things contribute to the types of tests that you're running. I mean, because it's it's not like it's, it's also why it's not fully automated and doesn't require people doing very specific things because it, it, it changes, you know, you could, you know, with some of our mutual clients, you, you do, you do a pen test this year, next year, the pen test, you may be testing the same uh, applications but you might be doing entirely different testing because techniques have changed, right? Absolutely. And, and there's, you know, there's multiple components there of yes, the, the type of attacks that are relevant are always changing. Um, also the products, you know, a product is rarely static. Uh, sure. you know, if you have uh, even a network uh, web application, mobile application, those are always being iterated and developed and, you know, um, improved. And so every time you make a modification to your product, you've potentially opened a door um, that an attacker can come in through. So that's why it's important to, to have a regular cadence with, with pen testing. And, and that cadence is, is, has a lot to do with, um, how quickly you're developing on, on your application or cloud environment or network or, or right. whatever you, you have. Right. So finally, um, just some advice for our listeners on how, um, how to go about selecting the right pen tester. Like, eh. You Absolutely. Know, of course, pensive is is right for everyone, and just stop there. But uh, <laughs> let's say let's say you decide you want to do a little bit more diligence um, and look at for a sure. few other providers. What 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 are the kind of things that you should be looking for in a pen tester? Because I I do feel like um, it's it's an attempted commoditized service that hasn't reached that level of maturity yet. Meaning, it can't be commoditized so easily. Like I see a lot of, of MSPs out there that are not true security organizations trying to do pen testing because they're getting asked about it so much and they simply don't have the, the technical expertise uh, to, to execute on a good pen test because there, there are such things as, as good ones and bad ones. Absolutely. And, and there's, you know, I, I could go through a, a very long list of, of different questions you should ask when you're interviewing a, a potential uh, penetration testing company. Um, but I'll just kind of go through some ones that, that pop in my head right now. So um, I think going back to how we, we started this con conversation, um, when you're talking to a, an organization about doing a pen test, how do they define a pen test? Just ask them, what, mm -hmm. what does that mean to you? And you should hear words like manual testing. You should hear, um, you know, the, you should hear about the process. Um, what, what kind of methodology do they use? Do they follow any standards? Like for instance, if it's a web application test, do they follow the um, OWASP web security testing guide? Is that, 
is that part of their process at all? Um, you know, do they do they take advantage of these standards um, as as a part of their process? And and along with that too, you want to make sure that they're not just doing a scan. So when they define pen test, are they ask them, you know, is it is it fully automated or or is there you know a level of of that manual testing? So um, you know, it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something that can be be done without a person um, involved. And then also. Um, I think it's really important to ask who's doing the testing uh, at the organization and, and are they qualified? So um, especially with bigger pen testing organizations, there are so many layers between you, the customer, um, and that, that organization. It can be difficult to know um, who's actually doing the testing and whether they ha have the, the certifications that would be relevant. So, you know, for instance, for network testing, um, a really popular certification is the, the OSCP uh, offensive security certified professional um, for web application. There's a new Burp Suite certified professional certification that came out that that's really great. So there's these kind of certifications that give a good baseline of okay, these these individuals doing the testing have have some baseline of experience. And then from there, you know, you want to know um, what are some other uh, types of of tests that might be relevant to ours. What's what's a similar test to ours that you might have done, maybe in the same industry. Um, sure, sure. You know, so something along those lines to to make sure that that you're getting a tester that that has the right experience to do the job. Um, also, what does the report look like? That's a really good question to ask. Um, you want to make sure, and you can even ask for an example report. Um, you want to make sure that that the report is giving you the information that you're looking for. Um, and so, for instance. You know, if the report is just generated without any, you know, handwritten information from the tester, then you're missing out on a lot of the information on how the test was conducted, things that tester tried that that might not have worked, um, that show you areas that that were were attacked but but were not vulnerable and, and help you build confidence in the things you're doing right, um, as well as is the list of vulnerabilities and in, in the list of information. Um, you know, you want to make sure that the the write-up is done in a way that, that gives you the information you need to understand the issue, be able to reproduce it, know that it's real, and then take the necessary steps to remediate it uh, and, and have the right you know references and, and links to to make that happen. So I think I think those are some good questions to to get started on um, from kind of a high level, and then you know I think there's going to be more specific ones kind of based on what type. No, of, I think that's that's a, that's a really really good uh, set of uh, ideas there. You know what's the manual nature you want to make sure it's not overly automated because it needs as we've identified through the podcast this is still a manual exercise it, it's it, yeah. it hasn't reached a level of that level of sophistication or i shouldn't say it that way it hasn't reached yeah. that level of automation um it's super right. sophisticated so much so that it, it can't be automated yet well and what i would say too is is the in my opinion the ideal you know, if you're talking to somebody and they give you this answer, I would say this is a really good, good sign. If they say something along the lines of, you know, we do, we automate as much of the process as we can so that we have more time to do the manual testing during the allotted Spot time on. period. Spot that's on. a great, that's a great answer because you don't, you don't want to lose, you know, the breadth and that you, I mean, you want people to be, you want your tester to use cutting edge tools and, you know, it doesn't make sense for a, for a tester to go through every input on your website and try it out manually, right? That's not necessarily the type of manual <laughs> testing right. that I mean, you know, some of that you want that you want some of those things to be automated. What you want the manual, the manual side of it is looking for business logic issues, things that are that require multiple steps to exploit, you know, things that the tool isn't good at. Um, and so that's that's kind of the sweet spot of 
you know, are they, do they understand the process enough to automate as much as is can be automated and then make, you know, make that time right. to do the, the in-depth manual testing, I, I think is what, what you would want to look for. Perfect. So I think, um, I think we've covered it. Definition, kind of some of the, the bits and bytes of, of what makes up a, a pen test, different types, what the process looks like and how to find the right guy or right company. Um, I think that's, I think that's pretty good. I think we're going to have some happy listeners. They'll, uh, they'll have a much better understanding of what a pen test is, um, how it applies to organization, et cetera. But I do have one last question. Um, as I, I briefly mentioned to you, we ask all our guests, um, at the end of each one, we are Harbor technology group really like being on the water. So we're always looking for the next great place to go and, and spend some time at the beach or at a Harbor or someplace to grab a burger and a beer, uh, with, you know, with the ocean in the background. Do you have someplace that you and uh, Bree like to go? Matt, you're speaking my language. That all sounds so nice. I, <laughs> well, I, dude, uh, those, and, days and... Are, those days are over for a while now that you have a, a newborn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, we absolutely do. Uh, Bree and I, we love Seabrook and Kiwa uh, near Charleston, right uh, South Carolina. Um, there, it's just, a, it's a beautiful area. The, um, what we like is, is you can ride bikes kind of all over the place. There's a lot of, you know, paths into, into a little um, market there and, and good restaurants and beautiful beaches you can ride on the beach too. So that's a really fun component. Um, and for, for us, it's, I think it's four, four and a half hours away by car. So it's just it's Super easy, easy enough yeah, to yeah. get to yeah, and, yeah. and just is, is just awesome for us. Um, and if you're there and, and looking um, for a good restaurant, uh, Cantina 76 is really good or um, go get a cocktail at the sanctuary. That's really uh, nice. The sanctuary? Yeah, yeah it's called All the right. sanctuary. Perfect. Kiwa. Yeah. Perfect. So this is what I like is the very specific recommendations because now I know exactly where to go. Um, so absolutely. And, and we are eventually, eventually, um, you're going to have a map on our web on our podcast website with all the places that people have recommended. We've now reached critical mass where we have enough recommendations that that the map will be somewhat compelling. In fact, I think the last I record, I actually recorded a, a, a podcast last night as well, and we got our first Australian one. I think that was last night. No, that was a couple of weeks ago. Um, so we, we have to put up a global map at this point. So uh, that's oh, great. Nice. So, so Kiowa, uh, you said the sanctuary and uh, something 76? Oh, Cantina 76. Yeah. Cantina 76, perfect. Well, that's great. Uh, Luke, really, really appreciate it. I know it's, uh, it's a busy time for, for you all, um, not only doing lots of work, but uh, lots of work at, at home as well. So super stoked that you were able to, uh, to spend some time with me. Um, I'm sure our listeners are going to really appreciate it as well. Thanks for having me on that. I really appreciate it. Harbor's innovative processes are based on industry standard frameworks that are tailored to meet the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. We would also like to thank Tom Marshall for the original music. Yes, that Tom Marshall from Fish fame. Harbor's portfolio of services is designed to meet the cybersecurity needs of small and medium enterprises. 
We offer a range of services from cyber risk advisory to VCSO consulting to meet specific security requirements without putting a strain on your technology budget. If you like what you heard here, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. We release new podcasts every other week and are available on Spotify and Apple. You can reach us through our website if you have additional questions or suggest a great harbor we should mention on our next show. 